SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Welcome to the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Worship, application, and read is how we declare war upon the enemy and bring the light of God and His love for us into every atmosphere. Join your host, author, and singer-songwriter, April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimony. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's get it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another broadcast of the RSVP show. I am your host, April D. Metzler, and we are here to read the Word of God and worship Him through our submission of being in His Word today, as well as applying that Word to our daily lives. So I'm so glad that you are able to join me today. We are going to be reading out of John chapter Two, And if you haven't caught the John chapter one, which would have been the very first kickoff to this season of the Declaring War segment here on the WBTC Gospel Radio Network, be sure to go ahead and jump back on there. You can catch the replay either on their interfaces on social platforms and over on their website at WBTCRadio.com, or you can catch it on my platforms and on my YouTube channel. So thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into some prayer. So of course, as you guys know, if this is not a new broadcast to you, please don't bow your heads while you're driving. We're just going to like just be in his presence and that's enough. So uh, let's throw aside religion, tradition, and all of that yahooness and actually just be in him and in his presence. So Lord, we thank you so much. We submit to you all of our ways. We acknowledge you. We ask that you lead us and guide us and direct us in in these uh, passages that are set before us here in John chapter 2 through your Holy Spirit that flows in and through us, abides with us always, and dwells in us, Father. We just thank you so much for the the mighty word that is going to be here today. We ask that you just um, bless every person that's on this broadcast and, and those that they are connected with, their family, their friends, everybody that you have made sure that is in their lives, Father. We just bless everyone. Even our enemies, we bless them. We do not curse them. We pray for every person, Father, and and we do so in all diligence. And we just, we agree uh, upon the nation. We agree upon the world. We agree upon our local communities that those in authority submit to your will and your way, Father, in and through these upcoming days. And we just ask for um, a blessing upon the children as well for protection and provision in the coming days. And um, in these, some of them are in transition years where they're like, 
learning how to be teenagers, or some of them are just now starting their first year of school for the little kiddos. And we just ask that you cover them, you protect them, and you anoint them in uh, wisdom and understanding of your love for them, Father, and, uh, and just bring across all of their paths, just divine connections to pour into them your goodness and the testimony of Jesus Christ that is there for them and, and is there to save the world. So, Father, thank you so much for this time and thank you for being here with us. And here we go. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So it's, it's really simple in prayer. You just have a conversation. I don't know who needs to hear that, but it's not this convoluted, you know, just uh, standing out there and, and talking for hours and hours on end. Whatever comes to your heart, lift it up in prayer. Believe upon the name, the mighty name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Believe in his promises. And then and ask these things in faith without doubting. And it says there's so many promises across scripture, but it says that those things that we ask in his name, they will be done unto us so that the son is glorified in the father. You know, it's for all people to come to the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. And so here we go. John chapter two, we are talking about the water and the wine thing. You know what? Everybody talks about how there's so many memes and jokes and stuff where Jesus turned water into wine, yada, yada, yada. Some people take it out of context and, and really be like, get the flesh involved in, in some of those jokes. But come on, you guys, uh, let's keep it clean. Let's keep it purified and let's move on through here. You know, um, we want no unwholesome thing to pass our lips when we're talking about our Lord, all reverence, all awe and wonder and and that that respect for who he is and uh and so here we go chapter two verse one it reads on the third day there was a wedding in cana of galilee oh hold on you guys i almost forgot something boom there you go for all of my people that are catching a video i have a, a banner that goes across the bottom there and i forgot to put that on there so i apologize but Chapter two, verse one, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his this beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went to Capernaum. So we're going to 
recap here um, briefly. So we covered verses 1 through 11, if you are studying along here and you're taking notes. Um, but we're going to pour into this real quick for a moment. What does it look like to stay on God's schedule instead of our own? That's a good challenge question to consider because in this moment, Jesus is sitting here saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I have a divine appointment with the Lord on all of these things that are coming to pass. There is a set schedule that was prophesied way before I even got here that has been passed down by generation to generation to generation. And you're asking me to do more than what I was called to do in any given moment. Like he made it very clear uh, that, hey, I'm, a, I'm the Messiah. This is not what I'm here for. And, but yet he made that, he gave her grace in that moment to meet the need and to provide. So there's a beautiful like initial, just right off the bat, reflection of God's love and compassion towards us, even when we're not in his timing, even when we're not um, in tune with things. Of course, at this point, you know, the Holy Spirit has not come and, um, and actually been, you know, by our side counseling. And so it's not like that, that intimacy with God, um, she wasn't submitting and sitting there praying about all of this. She's just like, Hey, we need wine. That's, that's it. It was all in the, in the moment, in the flesh need right there of the world, you know, and, and in their circumstances, their current circumstances. And so he does address it and he, he confronts it and says, Hey, woman, woman, he addresses her as woman and says, what does that have to do with us? He made it very clear that this is not what we're, what I'm here for. Um, and yet she she still ignored him, though. She didn't even respond back to him, it says. Immediately she turns to the servants and just tells them to obey whatever he has to say, you know, which in and of itself, I like that, you know, it's just like, okay, well, you decide what you want to do. This is a need that we have, but it's your decision if you do it or not. And sometimes I think that when we pray to the Lord about things, um, we have an already made up um, picture of what it's supposed to look like. And we end up actually confining God to our very structured picture of a box of expectation. And that is where we get in trouble because God shouldn't be limited in any way, shape or form. But sometimes we allow our our understanding of the world to get in the way of how much we believe and give God room to work in our circumstances. And, you know, this was an above and beyond thing that, that Jesus ended up doing. He didn't just, you know, provide wine. Like he could have, he could have somehow connected like the nearest wine person, you know, in the local community or, or vineyard or whatever and just, you know, spoke to him right there with an angel and had that you know, that guy deliver fresh wine, like a whole crate, and nobody knows where it came from. Yada, yada, yada. I'm going to fill in the blank with yada, yada, yada today. It seems like that's a good one. Um, but it's, you know, he could have done that, but he didn't. He actually worked a sign. 
um, and tied it into God's plan. Um, it ended up being something that the ones that were there who witnessed it ended up believing in him immediately. And even more so they're like, Oh my goodness. They're like what just happened? This is wine. This was water. Now it's wine. All of the servants, everybody in the room that knew about it. Um, because it says in there, the servants who had drawn the water knew. So those, and then the disciples that were there that knew what was going on, the mother, like there's so many ways that he impacted them, um, that knew, uh, in that moment, but, uh, it worked out for his good, even though it wasn't exactly the structured schedule, you know, that God had lined up for him. And it wasn't ever prophesied about that. He was going to turn water to wine, you know, I, that I recall. No. Yeah. It's still, he still did what was asked. Um, and it glorified his father. So I'm sure as many times as Jesus went away to speak to the Lord, he said that I'm in the father, the father's in me and, and I, and I am in you. And so it's, it's this connection, you know, back to God, the reconciliation through Jesus Christ. It's illustrated in that passage, but it also talks about, you know, that, that connection between God, the father and Jesus Christ. And so I'm sure there was a sidebar conversation here about how that would look in action. I could just see it, you know, and that's what we can glean from this as an example is, you know, Jesus's willingness to help others and bless others as best as he can per the instruction of the father. He said he, he didn't do anything. That's what he said in scripture. I do not do anything unless I first hear my father tell me to do it or I see it in my father. And so that consideration by default is understood that that's what he did. You know, he went to the father about these matters and then acted because um, he never acted alone. God was always with him. And so there was a beautiful thing about this, though, is the purification part. And, and I'll, I'll just let you guys dive into that, you know, in your study time. But they used the purification water. And so this was already blessed. This was already ready to rock and roll for a whole other custom of the Jewish culture at that time. And so he even used the that which was pure to bless and so there's a whole other teaching that that we could dive into on there but for time's sake i just want to encourage you to do your own study of what that what that process was that they would go through during that purification although it was yes a custom slash ritual slash tradition thing um i there's wisdom and understanding to glean from that as to why Jesus chose that instead of something else to turn to wine. And so um, there's, there was no contamination, you know, there was, there was just pure um, contents in those barrels or stones. So, um, and uh, there's some symbolism there with the, the six stone part too, but let's, you know, let's not get into all of the numerical references in the Bible today. Let's just stick to the heart of the matter. You know, um, he takes that which is considered pure by the world 
and refines it to the highest of purities. The most holy of holies is where he resides, you know, and, and, uh, and there's so much to say about that. But um, I love the obedience here, too, that's illustrated by the servants. Um, it's, it speaks volumes as to what we should do in our own walk. And I, I don't like the word should, but what we are called to do in our own walk with the Lord after we, he is petitioned for whatever the case may be, there is a, an answer and a response for us to, to obey him in all of our ways, you know, uh, acknowledge his ways, acknowledge him and what we do, you know, all that we, as we put our hands to work and labor and different things that we do, we do it all unto the name of the Lord so that he may be glorified, right? So that we can demonstrate his love for others because we're walking in love. We're walking in the spirit. We're walking in truth. And so these things are understood, you know, and this is a great example of that. You're saying like, April, where in the world? How'd you even get that from that? It's tied to obedience. When we obey, there is a reward in that. And we must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Are you seeking him diligently? Are you obeying his word? It says, if you love me, you will you will obey my commandments. Is that something that you feel that you are doing? Or is that something that you would like to work on this year? You know, those are things to consider and think about and glean wisdom for application of this word through the example of the servant's obedience to just do. He said, they did. He commanded, they did. Very simple. Let's try to do that in our days. Okay. And so we're going to jump on over here where it pivots and he's going to go off into another adventure. He's leaving from there. And so he goes and it says in, in verse 12, we'll start there. It says, after this, he went down to Capernaum and he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples. So the whole gang. And they stayed there a few days. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. So this is not a good scene. He goes into Jerusalem and this is in the temple that's supposed to honor his father. The same type of temple that he goes into when he was younger where his parents lost him, right? And they were looking for him and they couldn't find him. And then they ended up finding him in the temple teaching, right? Very young age. And he's like so confused and lost on that whole moment when he, they're trying to be like, why did you leave? Da, 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 da. I should have said yada, yada, yada. That was a prime moment. Um, and he looks at him like, what? You knew where I was going to be. I was going to be in my father's house. So fast forward to this moment. This is his father's house. And all of these people are in this doing things that are not pure, not holy, but are honoring the ways of the world in the actual temple. Why couldn't they just, you know, like go outside of that area, out of outside of the gates or something and do that nonsense? Because everybody goes to the temple especially during feast time. That's like high time to be selling stuff, right? 
So anyways, that's, uh, that's setting the scene for what in the world is fixing to happen. And this does not happen in a short amount of time, mind you, this next part. Um, it takes a minute to do what he is fixing to do. And so it says in verse 15, it says, and he made a scourge of cords that right there takes a minute. So it wasn't like some people have depicted Jesus in some kind of uncontrollable rage in this moment of anger and uh, frustration or whatever. No, the, the fruit of the spirit includes self-control. The fruit of the spirit includes love, gentleness, kindness, all of these things, right? But come on now. Accountability still is required. Obedience still is required. Honor and reverence and awe of the Lord still is required in our walk with him as children of God. It's an understood thing. It's part of being, being, wrap your mind around that and do a study on that word through scripture, being and knowing, both of those words are great, God in, in that capacity in fullness capacity, right? And so he goes and he makes a scourge of cords. Research it, see how long it would take, right? And then it says, and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. Again, it's gonna take a minute. You know, he's been, he's thinking about this. This is a stern, maybe even fatherly, discipline to these people in this moment, right? And we can definitely exemplify it because he, he said he does not do anything unless he first hears and sees this from the father. So it would be an, he, him demonstrating the father's discipline in this moment to those who were in disobedience um, and rejection of his ways. And so he um, drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, no telling how long that took to herd them out. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Now, instead of the cliche way of this illustration being taught on or, or even joked about or whatever, think of a, of a calm father who is knowing that there needs to be some accountability here and some type of discipline in a structured manner, basically saying, okay, you guys need to go outside. And then he goes and he quietly walks over there and he herds out the sheep and oxen. And then he, he picks up these coins um, of the money, you know, takes them and all of the children who are disobedient out, that are standing outside, he you know walks over to them and dumps these coins out shakes his head at him, silently walks back over, stands by the tables, and slowly leans them over and turns them over. You know, we weren't there. We don't know what or how he did what he did, and yet people like to assume and interpret, based on worldly experience, how God handled this. But if we know the heart of the Father and we're seeking after him diligently, and we've learned about his love, 
how would a loving father respond to a circumstance or scenario that his children presented him with their choices of disobedience? How would he, right? What do we know of God in these passages? And what does it say that he, he's, he's not going to go against himself? Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. To listen to the rest of this episode and others, subscribe to RSVP Show with April Metzler on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Or if you enjoy video content, you can subscribe over on my YouTube channel by simply searching for April D. Metzler. Thank you again for tuning into the Soul Win TV podcast collection with all of your favorite broadcasters here on the Shining Our Light Women's Inspirational Network. Be sure to get your subscription to more amazing, encouraging content over on soulwin.tv. And don't forget to tell a friend about this resource. Remember, what you do matters, and you can shine your light in the Lord too and be an inspiration to others you are connected with. You are loved and not alone. God loves you so very much. Thank you for joining this visit of the RSVP Show. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.